This is sacred space. A time for us to slow down, to take a breath, to remember the things that Jesus said and did in the last days of his life on earth. Time is running out. In a few hours, Jesus will be betrayed by one of his own and arrested. But it is Passover, and Jesus has only one concern, to gather his disciples and to demonstrate the full extent of his love. And so the master becomes the servant. The one before whom all nations will one day kneel, now kneels at the feet of his disciples. The creator of the universe humbles himself before his creation and begins to wash the feet of his disciples, drying them with a towel. given you an example to follow. The one who serves is not greater than the one being served. Remember this, and you will be blessed as you serve. Normally, at the beginning of a service like this, someone stands here where I'm standing, and they greet you with a warm smile, maybe some conversation about some events that are going to be happening in the week. But tonight is Good Friday. And welcome seems like a strange word to use, don't you think? We normally don't say welcome and at the same time talk about sacrifice and suffering and death. That's exactly what this service is about tonight. It is a welcome to enter into the story, to slow down and intentionally mark the events leading up to the death of Jesus on the cross. It's hard to know what are the right things to say and do on a night like this. 
To sit with suffering is uncomfortable, but this is sacred space. So tonight we will take time. We'll take time to sing. We'll take time to be silent. We'll take time to pray, to examine our hearts, to receive communion. We'll take time to stand in the shadow of the cross, a cross that should have been ours. We'll take time to hear and feel and experience the story one more time. I want to encourage you this evening to participate as much as you possibly can in every part of the service so you can open your heart and your mind to what God has for you tonight. And as we enter into the garden with Jesus, I just want to say that I'm glad you are here. I'm glad that we are here together. I'm glad that we can spend this Good Friday together. The hour is at hand. Circumstances are falling in place to put God's plan into motion. It's time. Safety and security are slipping away. Jesus knows that he is hours away from being arrested, tortured, and ultimately crucified. So he goes with his disciples to the olive grove called Gethsemane to pray. Once there, he takes Peter, James, and John with him to a place a little farther away from the others. There he becomes increasingly anguished and distressed as he tells them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And then Jesus does what he has done countless times before. He goes to God in prayer. Jesus' humanity is on full display for us as he prays. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. In other words, Father, is there any way that you can still achieve your will, the salvation of the world, without this? But for our sake, Jesus submits to the Father's will, even as he asks to be saved from his suffering. And from the depths of his darkest fears, he surrenders. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. It's a garden. Easy to think of a garden as a place of quiet and peace. But on this night, Jesus' agonizing struggle is real. See, he was very much aware of the events taking place. He knew Judas had made a deal to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. He knew those closest to him were about to scatter in fear. He knew that Peter, the rock, would deny even knowing him, not once, but three times. Jesus knew he would be arrested, beaten, and crucified, and the sin of all humanity would be put on his shoulders. And knowing all that, Jesus prayed the most perfect prayer, the most honest prayer that we could ever be witness to. See, we're given a glimpse into the very heart of Jesus. 
His humanity is our humanity. And so just as we struggle with fear and doubt and wanting a way out of the troubles that we face or the circumstances that we feel we just can't face, we see that even Jesus struggled too. But in the midst of his soul-deep agony, in the garden, Jesus surrenders all. He surrenders all into the hands of his Father. What we find in the garden is true surrender, true trust. And it is here in the garden where the battle of the cross is won. We invite you to take this time to slow down, to reflect. We want you to be asking ourselves, yourself, myself this question. Is there an area or a struggle in my life that I need to give to God today? As we're singing these next songs, we want to invite you to participate by moving to the prayer stations if you would like someone to pray for you. As you're thinking and reflecting about an area or a struggle that you want to surrender to God tonight, someone can pray with you. Or we also invite you over to the table beside the cross where you can write something down, an area or struggle that you're having and write it on the paper and you can put it on the cross, symbolizing that you are surrendering that to your Heavenly Father. Let's take this time and come to God together.
After Jesus' anguished prayers, he went back to his disciples to find they had fallen asleep. He said to them, Wake up. The time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And even as Jesus said these words, Judas arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs, and they grabbed Jesus and arrested him. And at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. And Peter, who had sworn to be beside Jesus until the end, swore once more in desperation, I'm telling you the truth, I don't know the man. And even before the echo of his words faded away, the sound of that rooster crowing hit him like a fist in his gut as Jesus' words rang in his ears. Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. The words hit hard, but it was recalling the look of compassion on Jesus' face as he spoke the words. That was Peter's undoing. In that moment, Peter saw himself, and realizing what he had done, he broke down and began to weep bitterly. conversation with God. We come to a time of confession. Because it's just not the disciples who have fallen asleep when Jesus needed them. It's just not Judas who's betrayed the Savior. 
And it's not only Peter who in fear and shame denies knowing Jesus. We all have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it's our sin, our mess, that requires a Savior. So let's take this time. Let's take this time to meet one-on-one -on -one with God. To examine our hearts. To confess where we've fallen short. To ask for God's help in the areas where we're feeling defeated. Let's take this time to confess to God the wrong we have done or the good that we have left undone. Let's express our regret and our sorrow. Let's ask God to forgive us and to give us the desire and the power to do those things that please Him. This is sacred space. As the worship team continues to lead us, I invite you to take this time to have a conversation with God, to examine your hearts. Pastor Kyle and Pastor Tim will come forward to serve communion. And when you are ready, we invite you to come forward to the Lord's table. As we take communion on this Good Friday, we remember that Jesus was pierced for our rebellion. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. His body broken for us. His blood shed for us. Jesus took upon himself the sins of us all so that we could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus.
All the sin from your soul. I'm your servant, and I am all you need. I'm the lamb that was slain, and my blood washes you clean. I'm the pure. 
sacrifice let my life give you life I'm the
Jesus was arrested, tried and brought before the crowds to determine his fate. Every Passover, the governor pardoned a prisoner. But when Pilate brought Jesus before the crowds and asked what he should do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, the crowds shouted back, crucify him. So Pilate ordered Jesus to be flogged with a lead-tip whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Jesus' hands and feet to a cross, and fastened a sign above his head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. This is sacred space, a time to slow down, to ponder, to bear witness to the horror and the mystery of the Son of God, crucified, demonstrating the full extent of his love even for those who had put him there. Looking at his tormentors, Jesus spoke these words of love and life. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. If you're like me this week, I've tried to take some time when I can although it seems like we're so busy anymore. And then Good Friday just kind of sneaks up on us. But last night in our small group, we were talking a little bit about the fact that it's not just necessarily a foregone conclusion that Jesus would go through with what he went through with. I remember an old song that was written when I was a kid that said he could have called 10,000 angels to come and pull him down from the cross and just wipe out everybody around him. But then I remembered another song when I was a kid that said, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And I wonder, even as he was walking down, he was carrying a beam, huge beam on his back and his shoulders. And they were hitting him with a whip, telling him to get moving faster the very people that just a few days earlier had been shouting Hosanna, God save us. Little did they know that the only way that that could really happen was on Friday when he would have those very same people beating him on his way to the cross, knowing that that the only way that we could know eternal life and really experience the saving power of God was that he would give his life. The irony of that week just kind of has hit me throughout this week as I've reflected back. And I want to challenge you just in the next few minutes to have that same reflection, to try to have some sort of understanding of what it really is that God did. What it really was for the sacrifice, the true sacrifice that he gave for us. broken my 
and there were two other men crucified with Jesus, one on his right and one on his left. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Then Jesus shouted out again, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened, saying, This man truly was the Son of God. Then Jesus was placed in a new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock, and a great stone was rolled across the entrance. But the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching.